Um, okay. We're back to talk about the Knicks. I'm joined by Tom Piccolo, David Mendelson, and my brother Kenneth Poon. Hey, boys. Let's talk Knicks. All right, so we're back in action. Knicks are back playing uh, at their first preseason game against the Pistons. A win, first of many, I assume. But before we get into that, we'll do the how are yous. We'll start with you, big baby David. How are you doing over there? I'm doing great. Um, You know, getting to watch the Knicks. I'm not doing that great because I have to watch the Knicks, actually. Uh, And the Giants lost, so really just a whole downer sports-wise. But other than that, feeling good, happy to be here with, with the boys. How's yeah. someone else doing? Good. I mean, the Giants lost and every single other team in the Division One, and the Redskins, or the Washington football team, sorry, beat the Steelers last week, which was like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's I mean, the part that, that really ruined this week. Cause... Yeah. I mean, the Steelers just aren't, were never as good as an undefeated team should be. But, alas, football, you know? Tom, that's how are you doing? That's about. Yeah, I mean we'll get we'll get to the Should undoing be. at the end of this the football pod for now, and then we'll throw some Knicks in the middle of it. Hey guys, Tom, Tom here. Um, I'm doing well. I you know Friday night was fun. Friday night Knicks. We got the whole the theme song, like everything was was back and going, and uh, that was a fun game. Um, this this Sunday evening game, we should say we're recording right now. It's a third quarter. There's about eight minutes left in the third, and. Uh, it's not as fun. It's not as fun as Friday's game was, certainly. But, you know, Knicks just had the Sunday scaries, just like me. I go back to work tomorrow. That's less fun. But the weekend was fine. I had a, had a nice weekend. How about you guys? Kenny, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Tom. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what I've been doing all weekend. I can't imagine it's been much. Um, I think yesterday, now that I'm thinking about it, I took a, took a trip to BJ's. Stocked up on the essentials before um, I think uh, Connecticut is getting shut down again soon. So had to stock up. Uh, today I went on a nice walk outside. It was really really nice out and um, beautiful. Yeah, that, that's about it. That's 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 my weekend. I also worked a bunch today, which was which was fun. Anyone else go for any walks? I went for a walk today. I went for a little walk on Friday. Nice. Uh, I had the I had the day off, so I was just home. Went for a walk. Nice. I, didn't, I didn't get the walk memo, unfortunately. So, I did so, no, so no walk, walk, walk. Three walks and no everybody. walk for me. I mean, I walked. I walked. I went to New York City to to go to my apartment, and I walked from Grand Central to my apartment, which was like four blocks. That's a Sec- walk. That's a, yeah, walk, that's a walk. I guess that's a walk. So, no, so lack of walking aside, Greg, how was how are you doing? How was your weekend? I was New York. This was straight. I just went to New York, check out my apartment, make sure it <laughs> hadn't burnt down yet. Had it. So, Intact. Still there. I watched a bunch of TV, just sat there. And I came back home. I watched The Disaster Artist. I was, that, was that good? We could save that maybe for what else is on at the end of the, the podcast. I think that, that last segment was such a hit that we got to bring it back. Yeah, Pete. that's fair. So, I, 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 never mind, I didn't watch The Disaster Artist. <laughs> Teaser. All right. 
I guess we'll get into the Knicks. The Knicks make their preseason debut. First basketball game since we beat the Hawks in overtime. Vince Carter's send-off game. Knicks uh, lottery chance ruining game, our annual lottery chance ruining game, which we always look forward to. But we come out, we beat the Pistons 90-84. to Pistons also bad, but one thing in this game was the Pistons played a lot of people like every other team in the NBA does during their first preseason game. The Knicks stuck with 11 people. They started out with Randall, Nerlens, Noel, Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, and R.J. Barrett. The starting lineup that we didn't love, but I mean, I guess that was to be expected maybe. I don't know. I don't know what we thought was going to happen. I think in the back of our heads we all knew that that was what was going to happen just based on the other players on the roster. Hmm. From there, we were joined by... uh, Dennis Smith Jr. coming off the bench before Frank. Not that noteworthy as Dennis Smith Jr. ended up playing 21 minutes and Frank had 19. Other contributors were Obi Toppin looked pretty pretty active in his debut. We'll talk about that. Reggie Bullock, Kevin Knox, and Mitchell Robinson rounded out the Knicks 11 players. That means first-round pick Emmanuel Quickly. Got a DNP, CD, Iggy, Brad Sictus. Brad Zekas did not play. Omar Spellman, the guy we brought in, didn't play. So that's that's about that. Um, Omari Spellman, the, the the fellow who joined us with Omari Spellman, Jacob Evans, was cut from the roster, so he's no longer on the team. That was another thing I should say. So, then, um, so that's about it. You guys have any first thoughts? Start with you, Ken. No, I think you. I think you hit all the highlights, and um, I think I. I think I agree with your analysis that this, the starting lineup is pretty much what I would expect, except for the the New Orleans Noel over Mitchell Robinson thing, and uh, I think Mark Berman's been saying that he thought that was going to be the case for weeks, so maybe he had some inside information, and uh, like you said, all of the other teams are playing a lot of players. Um, and, you know, the Knicks played 11 and they played Julius Randle 29 minutes and Alfred or RJ Barrett 29 minutes, which I went through a bunch of the bunch of the box scores. And that was among the highest, although the the Lakers who sat all of their or most of their good players played uh, like Kyle Kuzma for like 40 minutes in a preseason game. So can't fault them too much for a 29 minute outing. It is what it is. No, yeah. I mean, it seemed like they were uh kind of trying to really figure out what their rotation was going to be, right? Like, Dibs was really going for it, and it felt kind of like an a actual regular season game rotation in terms of the minutes allocation. And I think it was fairly representative of sort of how Thibodeau feels about the roster. If you just go down based on minutes, it seems like those are kind of who he trusts at this point. I mean, we're one game into preseason, so not like that can't change. But I think that the, the really interesting thing is going to be when Austin Rivers comes back, how that will affect guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nielakina's minutes. And then, as we've seen in today's game, Emmanuel quickly getting minutes, um, whether that will even be possible with, with Austin Rivers coming back. And I think Thibodeau, Thibodeau's kind of known penchant for playing um, more you know, veteran-heavy lineups and, and lineups that he feels will give him the best chance to win versus 
versus you know kind of the the prospect of development. So I don't know. I I think look there there were some things to be excited about certainly from that first game. Maybe less so in the second game happening right now on Sunday evening. But as far as the the rotations go, I I remain a little concerned as far as who's going to be getting the most the most uh, playing time from Thibodeau. Yeah, and I think I think you're right that this very well could be a similar rotation to what we're expecting, and that's um, kind of a product of the the shortened preseason. They're only playing four preseason games, and the Knicks as a team have not played in nine months. So at, at some level, uh, I'm sure that the Tibbs wants to get him some uh, continuity by by playing together for extended minutes, and maybe that's the reason. And, and again, I can't fault it. Uh, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, and it's a little scary just seeing all of the, the veterans in the starting lineup. Um, like, a, as we continuously say, I guess that's what we expected, but it's not what we wanted because we want to see the development, but the development may be a, a signal of throwing in the towel in a, in a way, and uh, I don't think the Knicks will be ready to do that from the very first game, even if they should, maybe. But I guess we'll wait and see what these young guys can do before we, we give them the bigger roles. Tibbs has said that people are going to earn their minutes. He's not just going to play guys. So, I mean, Big Baby David, we'll start with you. I'm going to give you a new fun topic. Obi oh, Toppin. Boy. Obi Toppin was our, our rookie, number eight overall pick. Came into the, the game, had 11.7 rebounds in 20 minutes. What did you think about him? Obi was pretty good. I don't think anyone can have any complaints from that first game. He went shot four or nine overall, didn't make any threes, so like four of seven from not three. So that's like pretty good. Got some boards. The defense uh, felt nondescript. I don't remember anything that happened on the defensive end, which pretty good considering Obi was... We, we thought he was like going to be historically bad, and it's one preseason game. But hmm. overall, yeah, liked what I saw. Had that cool play where he like dumped it off to was it Knox, and then got it back. Had the cool dunk. So yeah. that was like the highlight of the night. Run that play every every time, honestly. Well, I anybody ever? I'm not so sure about including Knox, but <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think that was the best thing we saw from Knox the entire game. So. Any yeah, other he thoughts? Actually, he threw a nice pass. I mean, you don't see you don't see Kevin Knox throwing a lot of nice passes, so that was that was definitely something. Um, this is only assist of the night. But you're right, Obi Toppin. He was definitely encouraging the way he came out with a ton of energy. Um, he rebounded pretty well defensively. I did notice a couple of things. There was one play where like Blake Griffin threw him a pump fake, um, and he jumped. He completely bit at it, and then he ended up fouling Griffin for an and one. Um, kind of from behind. He was asked about it afterwards, and, and Toppin said that Randall came up to him afterwards and was, and was like, that's how Blake Griffin always pump fakes, like super slow and methodical with his pump fake. And so apparently like later on in the game, Toppin didn't bite at that pump fake. So it was, it was nice to hear him say that like Randall was helping him out on, uh, on that end kind of um, you know, in between the... Exactly, yeah. So that was, that was nice to hear, but... I mean, yeah, it was it was just fun. It was fun to have like an energetic rookie who can like actually, 
make make plays and like affect change in the game and and you know hopefully lead to some some winning plays too. Yeah, I mean, Ken, do you have any thoughts on Obi? No, I think they they pretty much covered it. I I liked his activity, you know, coming in as a as a rookie. Um, you know, you don't you don't usually expect much from the rookies, but he looked, you know, ready for ready for the moment and had a solid first game. So, and I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a, a rookie come in kind of ready to play. Yeah, and he had seven boards in twenty minutes, which I think people have thought maybe his boarding wasn't as good as it could be. But maybe he's turning that around already. So we'll see. Moving on, um, we'll go back to the less fun topic. Julius Randle, our best player, in quotation marks. Um, he played 29 minutes, as Kenny mentioned, with 11 points. Pretty decent stat line, actually, if we're being honest. But that doesn't mean anything. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, only 2 turnovers. 5 for 11. So, I mean, he was he was still... Julius Randling it up, just doing a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect him to do. A um, little out of control at times. He's just doing a lot of bringing the ball up the court as the point guard, which, you know, LeBron can do. I don't know if Julius Randle is cut out for that. Uh, he's also been doing that again in this game, trying to run it in transition. I mean, when it works, it looks good, but when it doesn't, it's it's there's a lot of question marks about why why you're doing that. So. It's just one of those things where maybe don't do that hmm. as much as you want. Yeah, I like what you said about when it works. It it kind of looks good, but like yeah, uh, when it doesn't work and it usually doesn't, it's one of the more unlikable things to watch I've seen on a basketball court. So yeah, not great, but he he hasn't let the let the long layoff slow him down. So that that. Is something. Yeah, that's good to hear. And like we said, when it works, it works. But, you know, when it doesn't work, it's like, hey, I could have told you that that probably wasn't going to work. So mm. don't so do not do that. I um, just never would have tried that. Yeah. So, I mean, in this game that the Knicks are playing, again, it's, it's 67. Oh, the Knicks are winning 68-67 at this point in time. Julius Randle is... Doing well again, stat line-wise. 15 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists at this point in time. 6 for 8 from the free throw line, 4 for 10 from the field. Um, so he's he's doing it again where he's posting stats and he's still not making us fall in love with him. So what, what are you thinking about that, Ken? Yeah, it's just he's not particularly fun to watch. And like I feel like there's times when he's thrown – like a few very nice passes. I'm like, oh, maybe he can pass. And then there's other times when there's a very clear and easy pass for him to make that's the right play, and he'll just go ISO and do a spin move and try to, like, get into the into the paint somehow. Um, like, early in this game, he had a nice dump off to uh, Mitchell Robinson for a dunk, and I was like, that was cool. And then that was later, cool. That was cool. And then later on, um, he caught the ball at the top of the corner right after Frank made a three, Frank was wide open in the corner um, for another potential three, and instead Randall just like dribbled it into the center. And I was like, "Come on, man, just just make the right read." I feel like he he's one of the guys who makes his determination before the play unfolds, rather than letting the letting the right decision come to him as the play unfolds. 
Um, and it's a little frustrating and it's, it's a little hard to watch, but for some reason, the numbers don't look as bad as the actual product on the floor. Like I'm always shocked at how low his turnover numbers are after watching him, him play, but I don't know how that works. He is able to like actually kind of fill the stat sheet. And it's like, you look back at the final line, it's like, Oh, he was like kind of good. But if you watch any of it, it's remarkably unpleasant. And it's like you can see him have the skills that could be useful on like a good team, but no, he's the best player on this team, and it's bad. And yeah, I think that when you when you look at like his stats last year, he averaged there's something like three turnovers per game, and and that was you know in comparison to about three assists per game, it was like a one to one ratio. But one thing I saw was, you know, you look at some of the other players who average just a higher volume of turnovers. That's your, your James Harden's, Russell Westbrook's, guys like that, and. The fact is, like, those guys just have such higher usage than Julius Randle. And I, and I kind of, like, decided to look at it based on usage. So Julius Randle had among the highest turnover rates of anyone with, like, his usage rate. And the only big who had a higher turnover rate than him was um, Andre Drummond. So he, your eyes are, like, even though his turnovers per game isn't that high, like, your, your eyes are telling you the truth. Like, he still does turn the ball over a great deal compared to, like, how many possessions he uses per game. Um, he's just like a big who doesn't usually like have to create his own offense. Granted, this the, the two preseason games we've watched, he really has been, and, and Wally's been pointing this out a lot, um, he's been kind of running some point forward, which I know Knicks fans heavily criticized Fizdale for last year, just letting Randall initiate the offense and, and run it himself. It's been going on a lot in these first two preseason games, and I'm hoping... But that's not indicative of what's to come in the regular season because, you know, too much of a reliance on Randall means a few things. And one of those is likely fewer minutes for Obi Toppin. And again, Thibs has he's t- come out and said he thinks that Toppin and Randall can play together. I don't think that's a winning recipe in any way. I was, I was taking a look at, at Randall's uh, rim protection numbers last year, and they're among the worst in the league. So he can't really protect the rim or the interior and then, and then Toppin, we know his concerns on the defensive end. So playing those two together is concerning for me. And then, you know, if Randall's going to be getting a ton of minutes and have all this offensive burden, it's just it's not great as far as Toppin's ability to, to get minutes and, and show what he can do. Yeah, and I think the one thing that we haven't mentioned that we probably should is I, some of these people getting minutes um, – it might be just to showcase them to try to trade them easier. Randall could be one of those guys. I have no, you know, insight to the the Knicks thinking, but uh, I do know that they have too many people on their roster, and they're going to try to unload some people. Um, so there's a, I have at least some hope that some of these concerns are assuaged by a later move that the Knicks make. Assuaged yeah. is that the right mm-hmm. word? That's it. Feels right. I'm hoping for an assuasion myself. Um, and one thing I wanted to say is that we're having this conversation after a Knicks win. So you wonder how much of that is, is just left over from our, our feelings of Julius Randle last year. Like if the Knicks go undefeated this season, will this podcast still be us saying we don't like Julius Randle? I guess we'll have to wait and see. That's I don't think it's likely that that will happen, but if it does – I'll we'll see, we'll hand up. If the Knicks go undefeated, I'll take back everything mean I said about Julius Randle. 
That's right. very big of you. Uh, I'll make that pact. All right, text that to me so I can say, check the receipts when it happens. <laughs> oh, I'm texting you right now. Okay. Make sure the receipts are there. One, RJ Greg, Barrett just had one, a good dunk. I was just say one. I just that reminded me is I feel like we should talk about Barrett's performance in the first game because you know he's the only guy we kind of care about in the starting lineup, and he's the guy who I think is going to be leading the team in minutes per game. And uh, you know nothing through these first two preseason games has has caused me to change that opinion. But you know he he came out with kind of a chip on his shoulder and something to prove, and it didn't go so well for him at first. I think he started 0, 0 for six from the field. And, yeah, over uh, six in the first half. In the first half. And, you know, he eventually picked it up. Um, he, finished, he went seven for seven his for last 16. ten, finished yeah. seven for 16. Well, it came out pretty good line. So six. 15 points, five boards, just two assists. He was 0 for four from three and one of two from the free throw line, which I know are kind of the two sticking points for Knicks fans. Like, we got to see R.J., Shoot! If he's going to reach his ceiling, he's going to have to be at least a league average shooter. And um, you know, I'm not going to make any you know bold proclamations based on one preseason game, but it, it doesn't look all that different um, <laughs> form wise, at least. You know, not that I was expecting it to, but you just got to hope that in time that the confidence is going to come around and that we're going to see those numbers tick up. It doesn't feel like the shift has happened yet from uh, his shooting both at the line and from three. Uh, and yeah, the form also looks the same. So uh, uh, other than like general working out, getting stronger, getting smarter, I'm a little concerned, like, what did you do with all this time? But I'm, I'm going to say... But I like RJ, so it's all good. Yeah, Played I'm, Fortnite with Kevin Knox. <laughs> we got to lean on the vets. I'm going to say I'm not that worried about it yet because of how early in the season it, it is. Like he started out this the game yesterday going over 6 uh, from the field. Like he looked like a guy who hadn't played in a competitive basketball game for 9 months. So give him some time to knock the rust off and then I'll as the season progresses we can we can make a little better judgments. I'll wait until the first half of a game that counts towards the record to freak out, I guess. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's completely fair. You wonder if the Knicks go undefeated, what are we going to be saying about R.J. Bear? Are we still going to be saying <laughs> the same stuff? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'll take back everything mean I've said about R.J. Bear if the Knicks no, go undefeated. Yeah, I'm so check as, we mentioned, as we mentioned, R.J. Barrett, um, his jump shot didn't look perfect. He was over 4 in that first game, but his, his ability to drive has been... Good. He looks a lot better when he's doing that. Looks a lot better when he's driving to the hoop and pulling up for jumpers more so than he's when when he's getting the the swing around set shot. Um, for some reason, I don't know. That's that's supposed to be easier, but it's not easier for him. Um, so eventually, I, hopefully, if you can hit the the pull up jumper, you should be able to hit the standstill jumper, and that, eventually that should be able to come around. I think. No, I agree, and, and we should note he's he's eight of twelve from the field in this in this game that's happening right now. He's got seventeen points. Um, he's just, he is one of three from three, so he did he did knock one down and just zero of one from from the free throw line. And that is the, the free throw numbers are a little concerning for me, just because a guy of his size and strength and, and Greg, as you mentioned, you know his his penchant for driving. He's going to be getting to the free throw line a lot, I think. And and if he's not, that's 
equally concerning because it, it leads you to believe that he's trying to avoid contact because he, he doesn't have as much faith in his free throw uh, stroke. So, again, like Kenny said, way too early to be, to be kind of saying those things, but just something to be looking out for, you know, based on his entire last season and what we've seen so far this season. I'll say, at least just I test, it doesn't look like he's shying away from contact. He had that nice and one earlier in this game that's still being played as we're recording it. Um, we, like, finished through contact and got to line. Missed the free throw, but that's fine. Um, yeah, no, he buried Derrick Rose, like, in in transition. He saw he had the mismatch and just completely put him on his back and, and went right through Rose for that for that layup. It was really nice. It was a nice play. And, and that does show that he's not, like, scared of contact, but... You know, just one free throw in 30 minutes so far for him is a little out of character yeah. for him because he, he tends to get to the line a little bit more than that. He got to the line four and, and a half times a game last year. So we wanted that number to go up in general, and he's exactly. not getting that in the preseason yet. And he also had a good dunk in this game that we're watching tonight. So Yeah, that was, that we're was hoping, cool. We're hoping more dunks as well. I'd so sign I'll, I'll move up. I'll move on to I'm gonna I'm gonna group a few players to to try to avoid conversation about them. We'll, the, we'll call them the other guys for our purposes: Alfred Payton, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and Reggie Bullock. They were all there. They all played for the Knicks in this game. They all did perfectly fine, adequate. Um, Nerlens Noel looked pretty pretty serviceable as a as a center. He was very active on defense. Could dunk the ball, and he, he looked like a, a guy who could eat up minutes at at the center position that maybe someone will want at the deadline. I don't know. That's I guess that's that's what we like to think about all people. Alec Burks looks like what, what we wanted Wayne Ellington to be um, last year, especially in this second game tonight. He's three of five from three. Mm-hmm. He's got fifteen points um, running around. He had a, like a tough shot in the corner. Tough corner three, so like him, Reggie Bullock. He's always, he's been pretty consistent with the Knicks. Um, even last year when he came back from injury, he was he was just Reggie Bullock. You know, nothing nothing too great, but a very consistent player that that could play on a playoff basketball team. Um, lastly, Alfred Payton. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to say about him. And we'll just be a, a, a broken record. He's he's the same person he was last year. Hmm. So, That's for sure. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know kind of what you guys are hoping for from the point guard position because as we've seen both preseason games, DSJ has been the first point guard off the bench to replace Peyton. Um, it, it's kind of hard to watch both those guys, to be honest. Like, granted, DSJ has maybe been, a, you know, he's certainly been closer to an NBA caliber player than he was last year, which is not saying a whole lot. But um, I don't know, El- Alfred Peyton just he's just kind of there he's just around and uh when he's in it's usually with a bunch of other veterans and i'm just kind of sitting here thinking like let's get to the fun stuff like let's let's get to top and let's get to knox let's get to robinson let's get to frank like quickly hopefully um but yeah peyton he's just sort of a he's just there in the background he's white noise nondescript (laughs) nondescript (laughs) Uh, just, yeah, Peyton just is what he is. Yeah, I, I mean, I that nothing's changed. I agree with all that. Like, I'm not high on 
on Peyton. I'm not low on Peyton. Like he's there. He's doing he's doing a fine job. Like he's not he's not terrible to watch. He's not exciting to watch. He's like he's a point guard. Um, it's probably, he's definitely not exciting. Yeah. Ooh, Max with a nice little follow up there. Um, but going along with with Tom's note on the the point guard situation, I think I, I should probably note that I don't know that I've seen Frank bring the ball up once as a point guard. He's played he's played some minutes, but he's been mostly playing off ball. Do you guys do you guys agree with that, or do you, do you think I missed some some portions where he was playing point? No, that's for sure. I mean, even when he was in the backcourt with Quickly, Quickly was the one who was tasked with bringing the ball up. So, um, yeah, it seems like the, the team's pretty committed to Frank being off ball at this point. Um, and I, and that's kind of consistent with what the reporting and what the talk was coming out of last season. I don't think there was a whole lot of expectation that Frank would be running point. Um, but we've seen some nice plays. Like I, I know I clipped one um, from the first game where he, he had a really nice – a really nice drive and dish to was it to Mitch? I think it was. Um, Feels right. And Mitch got fouled on the dunk attempt, but um, I mean, he rejected a screen in the pick and roll, drove yeah. baseline, and had a really nice no look pass to Mitch. And like he's shown, he can be a solid playmaker. And whether he does that as like the primary you know offense initiator or as a secondary playmaker, I'm not really worried about it so much as long as he gets the chance to do it. I mean, I think the thing that, with the current roster construction, and I, I really don't know, is is Austin Rivers a point guard? Is he is he a two guard? Because that would mean that the only real point guards in the rotation are going to be Alfred Payton and and DSJ, and I don't know how we feel about that. Bad. We feel bad about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah I mean, that answers just, the question. You don't feel good. But I think that's kind of accurate. I think that is yeah. kind of how we're going into this, and and maybe quickly we'll get minutes. I I hope he gets minutes, but I don't know if it will be. You know, I think at Kentucky he was better off the ball, so I wouldn't complain with quickly getting minutes off the ball certainly. But you're right, like those those two between Peyton and DSJ being kind of your only two options. And it goes back <laughs> like it's hard, but like we. I was going to say, we have also seen Randall running a fair amount of point guard. It is not pretty, but it's been happening these first two preseason games, and it's kind of hard to ignore. Um, it's mostly in transition. Like, either he grabs a rebound, or, or like Noel will grab a rebound and just hand it off to Randall, and he'll just go ahead and get the team into their offense. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going down the list of players on the Knicks roster, and the only person I want running the offense is R.J. Barrett. Is there anyone else that you want running this offense besides R.J. Barrett, like going down the roster? I mean, if DSJ is like fixed, sure. But yeah, R.J. Barrett's the only person I like really want to see do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's I, kind of the only person I really want to see do anything. <laughs> Accurate. Besides Obi, I guess. Maybe Frankel. I, I mean, it's been. It hasn't been much. Like we said, we've only seen one and a half, one and three quarters of a preseason game. So maybe Frankel, well, he should be playing a little bit of point guard, maybe, unless it's official that he's, he's only off ball. I mean, we don't even know how many minutes uh, quickly he's going to get at the beginning of the season, but I'm hoping he gets some minutes pretty quickly. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't care. I just wanted to say that. Uh, no, I'd like to watch quickly. I'm glad <laughs> I he, thought it was glad he got in for any amount this game. Because he didn't get in for any amount of the first preseason game. 
and let's well, see. Everything- like they brought him in to, to bust up the zone, right? Because the Pistons were in a 2-3 zone, and the Knicks just couldn't do anything with it because yeah. no one could hit a shot from outside 18 feet. So they're like, quickly, you're, you're our only hope. And uh, I don't know. I think, I think it kind of worked. He, I don't know that he like, busted even- the zone, but they were sprinting out at him. You know, like they, the, the defense knew the scouting report was that he's the shooter, and they were really running out at him and allowed him to, to get into the paint. That was his first bucket of his, of his young career. He, he, drove, he did a little pump fake. He drove. He really bricked a floater, but it got his own rebound and, and made a nice layup there. He brought, probably too much adrenaline on that floater. Yeah. But, um, Hope, hopefully. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that's indicative of his floater <laughs> my, my game. My understanding is his floater like is good. Like it's a legit like tool for him. That's what everyone was saying. That so, first floater. But he broke that first one, which hopefully we can chalk I mean, it up to. <laughs> he made, he made another one. Excited. Yeah, it yeah didn't he, count. he made the follow up. Then he made the yeah. He made the one that after the whistle. whistle. Yeah. Hasn't um, taken a three yet, even though he was brought in because he's the guy that can, which is just funny. I mean, I he's just. Like the, a decoy, really. He's gonna be. A, that's what his job is for his whole entire career. He's gonna be a decoy. And never, I mean, he's never. He's never even gonna attempt a three. That's <laughs> that's pretty pretty solid reputation without actually doing anything. And the whole thing is like this. This this entire preseason could mean nothing. So like all of this could mean nothing. But we're just looking for something to talk about since the Knicks haven't played basketball in nine months, and this is the only you know evidence that we have that this team exists. Yeah, it feels real. I don't know. It does. It feels like, you know, they're not out here throwing minutes to to Iggy or to, you know, Michael Theo Pinson. I don't know if Pinson's there, but I don't. Know, I feel like the two guys we still need to talk about are Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. Um, I don't know, Greg. Did you have any thoughts on on Mitchell Robinson in that first game? He's obviously not starting uh, behind Nolan's Noel. Do, is that a bummer for you? Like, do you care about that? I mean. Not in the first preseason game. I like you've said before on this podcast, uh Mr. Robinson has his foul woes, which continued in the, in that first game. He had four fouls in twenty two minutes. But I mean the more troublesome thing was he only had two points. And I mean this guy should be dunking the ball at least four times a game. Hmm. Now that's that's bare minimum. Like just throw the ball up and let him let him dunk it. But the Knicks seem to be trying to do that. And they were just throwing a lot of the worst alley-oops you've ever seen. I'll, I'll tell a story. One time in practice, we had a six-seven guy who could dunk. And um, so the coach wanted us to learn an alley-oop play. The guy, Sam Archie, just he was the alley-oop man. He threw the ball over the basket. <laughs> and that's what the Knicks is harder doing. than it looks. It's true. When you have no concept, you just need a guy like Vince Carter who could dunk anything. But when yeah. people who could barely dunk, it has to be actually a pretty good pass and not over the basket. But Mitchell Robinson can dunk anything, so it doesn't have to be that good of a pass. And they right. were like, still blowing it. They are. And it wasn't, some guy's better than Sam Archie, too. <laughs> yeah, but Debatable. I'm, um, I don't, yeah, I guess I'm saying if, like, if Mitch going forward continues to uh, come off the bench behind Nerland's Noel, like, is that something we should be concerned about? You mentioned the foul trouble, Greg, and and in this game that's currently happening right now, Mitch has five fouls in 16 minutes. I mean, that's brutal. That is like, that's straight. That's worse than his rookie year. You know, I again, we 
we keep using the caveat. It's preseason. It's preseason, but it's still competitive basketball. Like you can't just you can't just go out there fouling out in 16 minutes. Um, I know he's got one more, but still, it's it's not good. He has six points, four boards, no blocks, which is surprising for, for Mitch. So he also had um, he also had four fouls in 22 minutes in the first game. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think you alluded to that. So that's like. It is certainly st- if you come into the season being concerned about Mitch's fouling problem and his first two preseasons preseason games, he is just fouling even more than usual. That is st- that's concerning. Like I know it's still preseason, yada yada yada, but it, you have to be a little worried about it because you know what's going to change between now and and the regular season. Uh, I mean, of co- the preference, of course, is that he starts, but. He's just doing the same thing, and they have Noel who has the similar skill set, and like they got him because Mitch gets in foul trouble. They don't want to have to change up the game plan, and Mitch has said like he likes coming off the bench. That's not the end of the world if it's happening right now, and he gets like play with the other young guys who, in theory, you want him to play with more because he's not starting. So it's not the end of the world right now, but if he's going to be off coming off the bench all year and putting up these foul numbers like this even with coming off the bench and having to like limit his minutes that way. I'm, I mean, it's not, it's not a great start to his preseason. I might have a hot take, but like, I really don't care. Um, I, I think he's still going to continue fouling, and so I think he's going to end up playing the same amount of minutes, whether he's starting or not. And I think you know, to the extent that he's not in foul trouble, he is probably going to be the guy in a close game at the end of the game over Noel. Um, so I'm, I'm really not that concerned. And I don't know if you guys saw, saw the other, the stat on Noel, but he, him and between him and Mitch, they're two of the highest foul rates in the NBA. So very similar games. So Kenny, you you don't care that Mitch doesn't start, but do you care that he hasn't improved his fouling at all? Like that's, that's probably the most concerning thing to me. Like if he can't stay on the court, he's supposed to be, he's our only player in the top 100, according to ESPN rank. Like he's supposed to be our best player. And he can't stay on the court because he he just hasn't learned from his rookie year all these mistakes he's making on the defensive end. I, I'm and, I'm worried about that. And I mean I've I've been saying it a lot lately, but for the last three years, however long he's been in the NBA, they haven't had a development crew. So like I'm not surprised that players haven't developed all that much. The hope is that this year, now that they have people to actually work on that. Hopefully he gets better. Like it, I mean, it is a concern, but like looking at it that way, I don't think it's a surprise. And um, like with Fizdale as the head coach and no development staff, I don't know, you know, how much work was done on that. But the the I mean, the one thing that I'll take a try to put a little positive spin on it is his fouls seem to be out of hustle. Like he's trying too hard. Like the the earlier in this game, he jumped on on Blake Griffin's back back and got a flagrant foul uh, just from trying to bite on a pump fake. So, like, it's not that his – at least he's trying, I guess, is my my point. I think you're putting a little too much faith in this development staff idea. I mean, it's, all these guys have – whether or not they were coaches there, specifically for development, their job was to play basketball this whole time, and they didn't improve on it. He knew he had foul trouble issues, and he didn't improve them. So, we'll see if hiring – some guys will 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 help him fix that, but it, it should have gotten better by now. I mean, if if not perfect, it should be like Tom said. These five fouls in sixteen minutes. I mean, probably five and 
19 minutes by now. I don't know how long ago Tom said that, but, hmm. you know, it, it is problematic and it's it's a bummer. But, you know, we watched the Knicks a lot of the time just to watch Mitchell Robinson dunk it. And I'm, I have a feeling that this season may come to that as well, where we were only watching for Mitchell Robinson and uh, R.J. Barrett. Obi Top. Well, I mean, just I mean, for example, Top. like, I, I'm watching robinson right now that the knicks are down by five with 640 left in the fourth and you know mitch is because he has five fouls he's not able to be as aggressive or physical down low so he's kind of having to to play play it safe out there and and not put himself in in the in harm's way where he could pick up a six foul and foul out during crunch time so um it's definitely a concern and i guess the other thing is the fact that he is coming off the bench he's you know, being baited into these fouls by other teams' second units, you would hope that, or the assumption would be that opposing starters would be more difficult to guard and would be more likely to, to draw those fouls. But, you know, he's he's playing against second units. You'd like to think that he'd be able to, to curtail that a little bit. But I, I'm not trying to do the sky is falling thing. I've said it a hundred times already. I know it's preseason. I'm just, these are the things that I'm going to continue to watch for during the regular season because they've continued to be a trend in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just I, – I understand your guy's concern. It's just he hasn't played basketball in – a competitive basketball game in nine months. He didn't even go to the, the summer workouts because I think he had a kid or something. I think I'm, his mom had a kid. His mom had a kid, so something happened. He missed that. So he hasn't really played team basketball in nine months. So, like – it's early. It, this is how his season ended last year. I'm not surprised that it started this the same way this year. Like there, there, nothing happened between the end of last year and the beginning of this year that would have allowed him to change that. I think the last guy is probably Kevin Knox. Um, Do we in have more to? ways than one? I think he's just the last guy in general. Just, <laughs> just kind of last guy we want to talk about. Um, I don't know. I mean, in, the, he, in, his, in that first game, Kevin Knox was looked much better than than the Kevin Knox we've become accustomed to. Um, this second game, it's more of what we we've seen in the past. Um, first game, seventeen minutes, two for six, uh, over three, five points. I mean, oh, it's funny that I said what I said. <laughs> Before, before reading the stat line, but he did look better, just like Dennis Smith Jr. looked better. They looked more they looked, fluid on the court. Both those guys looked like they knew what basketball was, which was yeah, a they, big step. They looked. If, if, the, if the stat line doesn't say it, as I just read it, if you watched the game, you would think Knox and DSJ were pretty decent and Julius Randle was bad. If you read the box score, you would think Julius Randle was good and DSJ and Knox were bad. But fortunately... In this second game, Knox has, has made it so that he looks bad and he is bad, according to the stat line, leaving no doubt. So he, he's just no knocking question. it up. He, we wanted him to be our shooter last year. We thought he was going to do that. And he just comes into that first game, goes 0 for, 3, 0, 0 for 3 from 3, which is just not what you want your shooter to do, I don't think. right? And then in this game, Comes in, he's over two from three, so that leaves him at over five. Over five from three. (laughs) Yeah, and one for one. He's one for six in the game today, so he's three for twelve from the field this this year. And it's boy, are we gonna feel silly if he goes 
he just goes off. If the Knicks go the undefeated this year. This game. <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, there's nothing to know about <laughs> Kevin Knox. He was. I'm just going to say it. If the Knicks do go undefeated this year, which I'll admit is a lofty goal, I'll take back everything me and I've ever said about Kevin Knox. I'll text you that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Need the receipts. Um, I think the problem with Kevin Knox is that, like, the shots don't go in or come close to going in, like, he looks like he's making he looks like he's making okay moves and he looks kind of fluid as an athlete and moving around and stuff. And then he takes the shot and it's just like he's airballed a couple today and like a couple that weren't airballs weren't really particularly close to going in and it's just I don't know if it's it's a rust thing and I'm prepared at the moment to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, "Yeah, shake some rust off and hopefully you can shoot a little better later on." But it's it hasn't looked good. Yeah, I mean, I think it, shooting is it, all muscle memory, and the problem is his muscle memory is missing. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, yeah, I mean, it feels like he's he's doing what he like wants to do. He's getting to his spots, um, but yeah, even like on, given that it's an air ball, I don't think these shots have been particularly close within the subcategory of air balls, which is kind of an issue. <laughs> they're, they're, they're bad as far as air balls go. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because, you know, Thibodeau, he named, I think it was four players who came in into camp or came into the season in great shape. And I know Randall was one of them. Nice. I know. I remember Na- Randall Quickly Knox. and Obi. Quickly, Obi. And I was just saying, Knox was the fourth one. And like, this is Knox at just best shape of his life, and it is it is ugly. Um, Turns out the problem was not his conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> We're so snarky, just making fun of these NBA players. But uh, while well, I sit on my oh on man, my he's bed. so much so better than me. I'm like on my third brownie. Beer over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put up a comparable stat line in in the pickup games. So, oh, Kevin Knox, kind of my brother in that way. What just happened, Kenny? Did, you might be a few seconds ahead of me here. I just just blew a layup. Uh, I saw the tail end of that, but didn't it didn't register in my brain what happened? You got oh, isn't he left handed? Is he le- he is left handed, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and he Mark missed a left handed wide open layup. Yeah. Why didn't he dunk it? Why didn't he dunk it? That's the question. You got to dunk wow, that. It, it, down four with four and a half minutes left. You hope to make that wide open layup. That and that's why Randall doesn't pass it to anyone because he passed it to RJ, and that's what happened. That's fair. Yeah. Well, at least it's like RJ who did it, and not the person we hope to be the franchise superstar moving forward. What? Um. No, it is. That's who we think. That's who we're saying. Uh, oh, 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 no. oh, 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 oh! I should say uh, that's on who's me. there's. A, there's four minutes left, down four, so this is officially crunch time. The lineup in right now is Frank ostensibly at the one. It's R.J. Barrett at the two, Reggie Bullock at the three, Randall at the four, and Mitchell Robinson at the five. Um, I I would not read too much into this. Art or um, Frank hadn't played since the first half, and he just came in right now, so I don't know that this is going to be a actual crunch time lineup. 
Frank did just take the ball up, though. I'm a little ahead of you guys. So especially if you look at add it to the, the list. If you look at the Pistons crunch time lineup, which includes <laughs> Isaiah Stewart, uh, Domboya, and three other people who I don't, I don't care to. Bay. I don't, no, but I don't look care. who else is in. It's, it's Julius Randle. It's it's Mitch and RJ. Like I. I to be honest, I really think Thibodeau's trying to win these games. I'm not kidding. I, this is not like a joke lineup, I don't think. Yeah, I the think fact you're that right. If they're, gonna, if they're gonna win games, it might as well be ones that don't affect the lottery odds. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> the Knicks have. Hey, I've been rooting for them in these games. The Knicks have people in the game who, who are legitimate um, rotation players, and the the Pistons. If you told pe- me they played in crunch time after in the first game of the season, I'd yeah, say, and uh, I'd say okay. I wouldn't have I'd, any follow-up questions. I'd say the Pistons have people in the game who didn't get to pick their jersey numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would describe their line. We just saw one of their guys come into the game and forget to take off his warm-ups. <laughs> it's like, you sure me, coach? Yeah. The Knicks have their starters in. He's like, eh, who cares? Not, not gaining ground, but... Uh, but it, uh, yeah, um, I just thought it was noteworthy. Like, it was happening so during doctor. crunch time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's something. It's it's a it's a piece of information. It's a data point. Yeah, I mean uh, I don't I don't hate this. I mean as far as having Randall and uh, Randall and as far as having R.J. Barrett and Frank as your backcourt, like that's fun for me. Like I like R.J. kind of initiating the offense. I like Frank guarding opposing point guards. I think that's. That's just a big, strong backcourt that has some potential. That's watchable. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. And if Tibbs actually thinks this is his best, you know, crunch time lineup, then that's exciting. That's exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, is Bullock? I think Bullock is the sticking point for me. I'm I'm the biggest Frank supporter here. I'm also a little surprised that he would be in the crunch time lineup. Although maybe for the defense, in particular, since he hasn't played much today but again it's a preseason game i don't know man i'm it's a preseason game yeah and it's it's tough to read because of the minute distribution is so so evenly distributed i mean you got uh 11 players who've played or, or 10 players wait 11 players who've played over 10 minutes and then quickly has said seven so it's uh it's not what you're going to typically going to see in the the regular season, especially with Tom Thibodeau as your coach. Yeah, and there's people I forgot on the team, but like I, I would expect Alec Burks to be in the closing lineup. Yep, that's fair. For the beginning of the season, over before we realize that there's no use. Well, yeah, I mean Alfred Payton jersey number thirty-eight is dribbling. So. <laughs> yeah. Alfred Payton getting only eighteen minutes is is definitely surprising. Um, and pr- probably not what you're going to expect going forward. But like you he said, he might be the one like vet who's been allowed to say like, "No, I'm like done playing today." It is. <laughs> he's he's earned that. Nick, you got to give him that. Um, well, we just ran t- through what <laughs> what the point guard depth chart is, and we really can't risk Alfred Payton getting hurt, which sucks. It's crazy. Tibbs is like, can- Tibbs is like, no, I'm I'm the one who told you that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're done yeah Um, Austin Rivers will get minutes and I think he'll probably get minutes initiating offense whether that's like as a point guard or kind of like an off guard who 
I, I don't know. I, I have to imagine I, Austin Rivers will be getting. He's on one of the guys I am like curious about among that like other guys group. Like, what what is their plan for using him? And is it going to really upset me when it means like Frank or Quickly or someone else is getting no minutes? Because I think that's what it's going to mean. I don't like that. But I don't like hate Austin Rivers. I don't know, man. I have no idea. Like, I still have no idea what's going to happen this season. Uh, I got I, I some think, ideas. I think we're watching it. I think we're watching it. I really do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think the team's going to be good. I know we we got so excited. Yeah, right. No, we had such high hopes. I, I just, I do think that like Randall is going to lead the team in points per game, in rebounds per game, and likely be first or second in minutes per game. Um, probably close to first in turnovers per game. Hmm. Uh, I, I just think that it's Randall in a in what's effectively a contract year, and he's going to just go full Randall. Like he's going to get his. He's going to try. He's going to try and prove that he deserves that next contract and. I don't think. Well, what does Randall care about the development of R.J. Barrett or Kevin Knox or Frank Nilakina or Obi Toppin? Certainly, like Obi Toppin's trying to take his minutes. Um, I, I don't think that. I, I think that Randall's be getting the, the lion's share of the minutes, and I don't think he has any interest in the development of these other players. That's my big. That's actually my biggest concern. I think. I think that's probably my, my number one concern. I don't know. Friendship might be really important to him. Yeah, I really love to dump this guy. That's that's the same concern we had last year, and it, it came to fruition. It was very concerning, and now we're we are pretty much in the same spot as we were last year with with Obi Toppin thrown into the mix. And I guess the biggest um, criticism that we had last year was: look, R.J. Barrett is your number one priority as far as development. Like this is this is a guy we have a lot of hopes riding on. You have to put him in a position to be successful. And then you look at the starting lineup that he's in. You look at the lineups he's playing the most with, and there's just no spacing. Like we know what we know, the ingredients are going to lead to RJ Barrett's success, and he needs room to operate. Like he needs the ball in his hands, and he needs room to operate. And having Randall, Noel, and Peyton starting with him, yes, Alec Burks can shoot the ball. He's a good shooter. We know that, but that's one shooter and four non-shooters. That is a. That's just going to kill Barrett's spacing and, and his ability to get to the rim and, and probably be the most productive player he can be. So, you know, that's kind of tied to my concern with Randall's role on this team is how it's going to affect Barrett specifically. Yeah, that's valid. Like, I would I would love to see R.J. Barrett with, with some shooters around him. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll just hope for some development. Mm, hope it's better than last year's development. Um... I don't know if there's much more to add. Knicks, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to lose this game, so they'll be 1-1 one and one in the preseason with two games left. Which, you know, it's better than we thought we'd be, and whether or not we played a, a, a fair lineup against the other team's lineup the entire game is, is up for debate, but we'll take what we can get. Um, so you guys have any final thoughts? Anything we miss? No, I think we can do what else is on next week. Yeah, I think I think we'll once the Knicks uh, uh, really drop below five hundred, it'll be time to turn on what else is on for sure. 
All right. Well, once we're really sick of them, that's it for me. All right, we had fun. Um, I did watch the Disaster Artist. It was pretty good. Uh, that, that's all I'll say. Uh, I watched season four of Big Math. It, it wasn't that funny, but it was. It got a couple laughs. I'm halfway through the season four of Big Mouth. There have definitely been some disappointing episodes um, compared to prior seasons. I feel like seasons. it was, yeah, I feel like it, it's been the least funny of the seasons for me. But I, I know also Greg doesn't. other seasons in a while. Greg doesn't like Big Mouth. Um, it, is, it is very vulgar for a cartoon. Yeah. It is over-the-top gross-out humor. Uh, season four does not divert from that. It, is, it probably leans in even more heavily to that. Uh, it's... There have been some episodes where I've just been like, "That's not, that's not really very good." But other episodes, <laughs> uh, other episodes have been solid. So uh, I'm, like I said, only halfway through. Going to keep looking for. Uh, <laughs> I, I trust you though, BBD. I trust your your sensibility. Yeah. If there's right. season five, I'll watch it. What, what, Kenny? The rest of us have just said what we we're watching, even though we were skipping that segment. So we'll we'll give you a chance to just say what you've been watching. Uh. I uh, you guys watched the Mandalorian at all? I know it's a big, big hit show. I just don't know if any of you have watched it. People love it. I've never seen it. Baby Yoda. Yeah, he's got a name now. I can't. I'm not going to spoil it because I know I don't know how people watch watch their shows because this is one of those shows that comes out once a week. I'll say that that you telling us a character's name would be a spoiler. I don't know people. Not you guys. I don't think you guys care. I don't know about Big, the fans. I don't B- think it would be a spoiler for us, but I feel like with the Star Wars people, that would like really ruin it if we told yeah. them a, a character's name. I'm just going to say the, the spectrum of what people think is a spoiler in this chat is, is way <laughs> off. <laughs> Can he think saying a name? Kenny thinks saying a name is a spoiler. BBD thinks saying who committed the murder in a murder mystery. I didn't say who committed the murder. I said there's (laughs) no twist. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's it. Well, we had fun. Um, The Knicks will be back sometime this week. We'll play their last two games. The regular season's coming up. It'll, It'll be soon. I don't know. I don't have the exact date, but. It'll be here fast, and then we'll we'll really know what the rotation is. So, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe, like our content on on different media platforms, Twitter, Instagram. Leave a five star review if you feel so inclined. Follow Tom on on Twitter at Tom underscore Piccolo. Maybe I don't know. Nailed it. But nailed it. Um, oh, and also, I'm going to be on the Locked On Knicks podcast coming up in the next couple of days. So, so uh, tune into that too um, if you're interested. After you've, listened, after you've listened to this one and review this one, then go listen to me over there. Yeah, if you can't get enough of Tom, I'll just check him out. He's all over the place. Well, thanks for listening. Um, go Knicks. Knicks tight.